Hi, everybody. You're listening to Coffee Talk at the Castle with your host, Alyssa. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 12 of Coffee Talk at the Castle. We are going to be talking about rides that aren't there any longer in both Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and Disneyland. So basically just kind of a mix of a whole bunch of Now, I have ridden on almost all of these rides that we are going to talk about today, but to be honest, in the history of Disney, especially Disneyland, there have been so many ride turnovers, whether it's rides that have uh, completely redone the track or just the ride vehicle or put a new face on a ride or just completely demolished and started completely from scratch all over again. There has been so many good rides that I feel like just unfortunately didn't live their full prime that got torn down early or just rides that now we look back and you're like oh I think I this generation would have probably enjoyed it a lot more if it was the original ride versus what we have now so with that being said let's go ahead and dive into the first ride that is no longer Okay, so we are going to be talking about the gondolas or the Skyway Buckets or just the buckets, a whole bunch. I know a lot of you are probably thinking, um, wait a second, Alyssa, we do have the Skyway and that's over in, you know, the connection between Epcot and Hollywood and through a lot of the uh, hotels, but that my friends, is transportation. I'm talking about the Skyway gondolas, the Skyway buckets over actually in the parks. Now, the buckets were actually in three of Disney's parks. You have Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, and Tokyo. Of course, the first buckets opened over in Disneyland in June of 56. They closed in November of 94. Magic Kingdom had them as well, opened in 71, closed in 99, and Tokyo had them in 83, only to close in 98. So a lot of these closed just within a few years of each other. And to be honest, I feel like this has a lot of dark stories around the buckets. I mean, when I was younger, I was always told that somebody committed suicide on it, but um, that was kind of a mix of a few of the stories. So In Disneyland, there was actually a gentleman who did jump from one of the buckets. At first, was reported that there was a safety issue when, indeed, he actually did voluntarily jump out of the buckets. Now, he did have some injuries. However, he did not die. Now, over in Magic Kingdom, however, I will say that this is a little sad trigger warning. But in 99, the year that it closed, there was a cast member who did get caught on one of the side of the buckets. He tried to hold on for dear life. And unfortunately, he did not. He wasn't able to keep his grasp on the bucket and ended up falling 40 feet to his sad death. So um, a lot of people think the buckets closed because of all this and it was just, you know, bad press, all those things. However, there was a few other issues that were going on with the buckets. Now, specifically in Disneyland, if you see a lot of the vintage Disney photos, you can actually see the buckets. So they go through Fantasyland to Tomorrowland and then another route Tomorrowland to Fantasyland. They go through the Matterhorn, which some of these landscape photos are beautiful and it's so, I mean, it really is so playful. Um, how you have this huge Matterhorn and then these buckets going right through them. Really cool system. So the tracks from the wear and tear of the buckets was just awful. There, It was a constant issue that they were going to have to redo these tracks at some point. And in order to do that, they were actually going to have to open up Matterhorn to be able to do that. 
Well, Disneyland said, nope, we're not going to do that. So they decided to close the buckets, seal up the Matterhorn, and actually allocate all that money that they would be using to keep up the gondolas and keep them all safe to Indiana Jones. I, myself, love Indiana Jones. So I am happy the money went there, but I do wish I had a little bit more experience on the buckets. Now, I'm not sure to my memory if I was able to ride the buckets. I'm sure I was at some point because it closed after I was born. But again, not sure about that. Um, now, the like I said, the, the Magic Kingdom one closed shortly after the accident. It was not due to the accident that it closed. At least that's what Disney's official statement is. And then Tokyo closed in 98 right before Magic Kingdom's accident. Now, you can see a little bit of history still. Um, back in 2016, you actually had the booth for the original Buckets over in Fantasyland that was still there. Now it is supposedly no longer. It was removed for Galaxy's Edge. However, you can see a little taste of the staircase that went to it. It's kind of a staircase to nowhere. If you can envision Fantasyland in Disneyland, you have Casey Jr.'s train, and right, right by the exit, there's like this little staircase that goes off to the left, and there's another, I think there's a churro cart vendor, or there's more vending machines, you know, not vending machines, like just food vendors that are right there, and it kind of hides it. But as soon as you step off Casey Jr., you can definitely see this subtle staircase into nowhere. And that's your going to be your little taste of what used to be there. Now, over in Magic Kingdom, it's over where Rapunzel's bathrooms are right now. That's where one of the areas used to be. Of course, it's no longer, which they did a great job in turning that area into Rapunzel. It's really cute at night. If you haven't seen it, I definitely, I know it sounds funny, go visit the bathrooms, but seriously, it is one of the cuter bathrooms that Disney has done. But yeah, that's a little bit of the, the gondolas. I mean, I feel like you can see the vintage posters of the Skyway Buckets. Really cute, modern, old school poster, but... Yeah, so Disney did a good job at trying to revamp it and turn it into transportation, definitely using safer tracks to do it. But I know that the buckets have, the gondolas have not, <laughs> they've had a few little drama themselves. I think they're on crash number three or four. I'm not sure what the number is right now, but I know in the first week, I want to say it had like one or two crash or collisions. People got stuck over the lake. I mean, there's definitely been some drama over that one too. So, Basically, what I'm trying to say is you can't have buckets in Disney without a little bit of drama. <laughs> now, moving on to another ride that had a faulty track issue per se. It's going to be the Rocket Rods. Now, I know a few of those people may be thinking, um, what are you talking about? I've never heard of the Rocket Rods. And for me, I'm like, ugh, you never got to experience in the two-year lifespan that it was over at Disneyland. The greatness that was the Rocket Rods. And I really wish that this would have actually been able to thrive but unfortunately the conditions were just not there so rocket rods was over in tomorrowland it was a great spot opened in may of 98 closed in september of 2000 it was a three minute ride you it was of course a thrill ride so you had to be 46 inches tall to do it which during that time i was but my younger sister was not so my parents would always do the whole switch rider thing my mom i definitely remember riding with her and my older sister we'd rate wait crazy long lines for it which the queue used to be in buzz and then you'd spiral up through the autopias you know second story because you've got to get on top and when you get on top as people in disney world know because they still have the people mover over there disneyland used to have the people mover too 
So what rocket rods did was just transform that to rocket rods. They use the exact same track. Although what a lot of people are think, probably thinking is, hey, uh, people mover goes really slow and it takes a while to kind of get the grand view of everything. Yeah, so imagine doing that track in three minutes. Um, the rocket rods got up to 35 miles per an hour, which this took a lot of wear and tear on the tracks because you're having this rocket rod accelerate and decelerate because it doesn't take those turns like the people mover would. So it had to decelerate before it had those turns because it couldn't really drift or it couldn't get the correct angle to be able to keep up the speed and take that turn. So it was a lot of maintenance, a lot of, again, like I said, just a lot of beating on this original track that they had. So it did close due to infrastructure and not being able to hold the weight and the speed of the rocket rods, which was so sad because, again, I thought it was definitely a fun thrill ride. It was a different take on the track that was already there for People Mover. Now, there have been rumors that people say Disney is going to bring back the People Mover over in Disneyland. However... Oh my gosh, it's been forever since I've heard this rumor. It would be great. I love the People Mover in Disney World, but I just don't see it happening. And OSHA has actually declared that track to be unusable, so Disney would have to redo the complete track. And I feel like if they did that, they would just come up with something else too. Because as much as I love Tomorrowland, I feel like it has a lot of turnover. There's always something that's like just not up to date. It's just it's just kind of goes to the past. I mean, it's tomorrow land. So things are always changing in that land. And that is definitely one of those rides that I wish could have sticking around for a little bit longer. I know a few of those people that are around my age definitely remember that ride. So unfortunately, though, if you weren't there during that 98 to 2000 time, you probably didn't even know that those existed. And now let's take a quick ad break. So this week, we are being sponsored by you. So we are so thankful for listener sponsorship here over at Coffee Talk at the Castle. And it really helps give us an extra boost to be able to provide more knowledge, more time, and making sure these podcasts are great and full of the knowledge that you really want to know, as well as digging deeper into those stories and getting all the juicy tidbits that you love hearing about Disney. So thank you again so much for your support. If you want to know more about how to sponsor, feel free to click the sponsor button at Anchor or DM me on Coffee Talk at the Castle Instagram. But thank you so much. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Now we're going to go back in time here and um, talk about one of the older rides that I myself didn't experience. It closed actually right before I was born. But a lot of people know this as many different names. So this is the motorboat cruise or the phantom boats or the gummy glen cruise boats, kind of whatever it is. But yes, you heard me right. Gummy Glen. So this ride started off June of 57, closed January of 93. It was over by the subs, and um, in fact, nowadays, if you're over at Matterhorn, there's a strip underneath the monorail, and it's kind of, it's like Fantasia Gardens is what the actual name is, but it's a seating area. I think you can actually get frozen apple um, cider there, but uh, yeah, that was actually one of the loading areas there, the queue for this phantom boats, motorboat cruise, whatever you want to call it, and basically, this ride was a water version of Autopia. So you had, you know, you could steer your own boat. It was a centrally located steering wheel. So you could have you and another adult or you and some kids all piled in steering this boat in the water. Now, this wasn't just, you know, like bumper boats or anything where you could just steer wherever. There was a track just like Autopia. So 
you kept on moving, kept on chugging in the right direction. There was no like, I don't know where to go. Although at the very beginning when they had this idea of the boats, boats would get stuck in the lake. So it definitely had a bad name around it. And they tried to like troubleshoot these boats and originally or they thought they had it and then they said, nope, they don't. So they brought back the same boats and then they just kind of kept on getting facelifts every once in a while. So, um, yeah, basically getting rebranded to the Gummy Glen from 91 to 93 was right before they did the Toontown takeover. So um, they turned this to more of a blend into Fantasyland and also trying to pull in those younger crowd of kids. And again, this was right before the launch of Toontown. So once Toontown really took off... This little gummy Glen boat kind of fell through the cracks and then they just shut down and spent more of the money over to Toontown, which I totally understand. And again, this is just like the water version of Autopia. And clearly Autopia is way better, in my opinion, than I think riding a boat. Plus, if we're just going to say this, I'm just going to do a little tidbit here. I think um, Disneyland's Autopia is way better than Disney World's, but that's just my opinion. I haven't, you know, tested it out on Instagram or done any polls on that one. But yes, it is my opinion that Disneyland's Autopia is better. And I do want to do a tidbit about people saying Autotopia. Yeah, just sit on that one for a minute. But anyways, let's go ahead and move on to the next ride. So we're going to take it across the country now and take it over to Hollywood Studios. I think you guys all know where I'm going with this. I cannot do a ride episode without talking about the great movie ride. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to lie. This one truly broke my heart when I found out it was closing. And I get it. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Yes, that's right. I said that correctly. Thank goodness. I've been practicing. (laughs) But it's super cute. I have been on it. I almost lost my hat to it because it does get quite windy on it. I won't spoil too much for it because I know a lot of people over on the West Coast can't wait for it to come in in Toontown at Disneyland because we still don't have it yet. But over in Disney World, it's super cute. But yes, it did take the place of the great movie ride. And that had a good ride from May 89 over to August 2017. Oh my gosh, it had so much packed into this ride. And I feel like so many people were just like, oh gosh, no, I just used it for AC. Okay, first of all, yeah, in Florida, you want the AC. In summer, you want the AC. I don't know why that's a bad thing. You should always want a really long ride, like the great movie ride. In AC, it's 22 minutes of AC bliss. I mean, come on. How can you not like that? Plus, it's got so many amazing movie pictures or cinema, all those things just packed into this ride. And if you didn't ever get the chance to ride it, I really beg you to just go on YouTube and see some of those um, point of view videos of the great movie ride, especially right before it closed. It makes it a little bit sad when you know it's like, oh, the last final ride of the great movie ride. But let's dig into what this ride really entailed. So it had so many different movies represented. You're basically walking in through the Chinese theater, lookalike, a whole bunch of mementos from all these different movies that are featured into this ride. And these movies come from, let's see, you've got Mary Poppins, Singing in the Rain, Public Enemy, Alien, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Casablanca, Fantasia, Wizard of Oz. I mean, there's so many represented in this ride, and it's great. Again, great motion pictures. It's so good. So 
Turner Classic Movies actually sponsored the most recent over in 2015 to the end of 2017 when it closed. But Coca-Cola actually sponsored it for a big bulk of time from 1989 to 98. And there was a lot of partnerships with this ride because obviously not all these movies are Disney or owned by Disney. I mean, a lot of them nowadays are probably owned by Disney. <laughs> but um, at the time of opening and getting those animatronics, they were definitely having to license out. So this one was a big deal, did a lot of things. Um, I know the Alien deal was a huge deal back then. Um, and you just had so many great pieces of the movie. So think about if you're going through the ride, really memorable spots in the movie, memorable scenes, those are getting replayed through these animatronics throughout the ride. And so that's what makes it really long is you've got one of the most popular scenes from these movies throughout this whole movie. So it's really the great movie ride. Now, there are the best animatronics. I definitely would say the Wicked Witch from Oz. And the most scariest, the thing I was most terrified as a child always writing, because this is how I remembered it when I was little, was the alien scene. Oh my gosh. I knew it was coming every single time, and it still freaked the bejeebas out of me. Like... As an adult, I can definitely, you know, I can definitely take, I don't even know what I want to say. I get, I get respect because I'm like, I love the alien movies. I love the predator movies. I love all that. So, but, um, as a child, it was scary. It was definitely traumatizing. And especially as a child, when you know that it's coming and it still gets you, I feel like that says a lot, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely definitely a great ride. Sad it closed. Understand it, why it closed, but yeah, it was just one of those good rides. And of course, it did a lot of the partnership with M MGM, which started in 85. And as you guys all know, Hollywood Studios wasn't always called Hollywood Studios. It was called MGM. And that was part of the partnership with the licensing and all that thing. So yep, it kind of just was one of the last original rides. Well, it was the last original ride to close and so it had a long stint and it did good, but sad to see you go and excited to see all the new adventures that Hollywood Studios is starting to transform. You know, you love Toy Story Land, of course, Galaxy's Edge is over there. So it's definitely trying to expand and get better and not be your typical half day park. Although I still kind of think it's a half day park. But anyways, let's move on to the next ride. So we're going to take it over to Epcot. And I think you know where I'm going with this one, too. I feel like the Disney World ones, the, the most recent ones really hit hard. And I don't know if it's just because I experienced them for many trips. It wasn't just one time I rode it. I rode these rides several times, but you know where we're going. We're going to Norway and we're going to Maelstrom because gosh, I love those trolls. Okay. So this opened in July of 88 and closed October of 14 over in Norway. Of course, everybody knows Anna and Elsa, the frozen ever after took it over and to be honest, there was a lot of drama behind the closure of this. Now, I know Great Movie Ride had a cult classic following, cult following, whatever you want to call it. Maelstrom had a cult following. I mean, there. I remember when uh, Frozen Ever After had just opened and I walked over in Epcot and there are people saying, bring Maelstrom back. Like, there are shirts that had, <laughs> there were shirts that were there. I think there was a petition at one point. Like, it was one of those rides where it's like, no, don't take it away from us. And is Frozen Ever After a great ride? Yes, it is. Do my kids love it? Yes, they do. 
I love Maelstrom. I love being freaked out by this crazy three-headed troll. And, you know, I think the biggest thing, too, is just the ride itself. It was so unique. You had those falls. And if you haven't been on it, I'm just going to say spoiler alert, you fall backwards on one of the falls, which is so unique. And I love that part of the ride. I do love that they kept the original track for Frozen Ever After. Not that they could really do that much because it was very um, finagled into that area. But yeah, I I loved that ride. I, I loved the smell of it, how cold it was. It was tucked in the corner. And yeah, definitely a cult classic. And what's not to love? You got Vikings, you got trolls, you got polar bears, you got water, you got going backwards. I mean, there's a whole bunch of just smorgasbord of Norwegian stuff just jammed into this. In fact, when you actually go through the queue, it seems so weird and it's like modern. And if you've ever seen the mural, the original mural, I'll post it on my stories on Instagram. But um, yeah, you're kind of like, what's going on? Am I in an oil field? But this is... Norway like I'm not really understanding and yeah no it actually all ties together I know it sounds weird but you've got the tradition the Norwegian tradition the history of it tying back to the modern day of what's actually going on in Norway so um I think they really did good it's not your typical Disney ride which is probably why it was so easy to replace it with Anna and Elsa and to be honest it made sense it it's where Anna and Elsa is. The ride wasn't really Disney-esque, so it was easy just to be like, you know what, we're just going to swap this out. And obviously it wasn't a wrong move because it is one of the busiest rides that I've ever seen. Like, it's always busy. It's I've mentioned this in other episodes where once FastPass windows open back up and as soon as you're able to book it, that's always one of the first ones to go is Frozen Ever After. And it's always one of the ones that you want to go to Rope Drop and go straight to because the line gets crazy wicked long. It's cute. We try to ride it multiple times whenever we're there. Um, but yeah, Maelstrom was definitely one of my favorite rides growing up, which is so weird because, yes, as a child, I liked that ride too. So um, the other fun thing that used to be there with Maelstrom was it was kind of like a twofer. So you actually had the ride and then it would spit you out to the Spirit of Norway movie, which was just this quick five minute movie. It had a lot of little interviews in it. Now it's not there anymore, but um, yeah, you have this cute little, you get off the ride and you walk down this little hallway and it can spit you back out into the Norwegian stores, which of course most of it is at the beginning frozen themed. So you have a lot of Anna and Elsa things and then it turns into more Norwegian cultured items that you can get like in any of the other pavilions. But yeah, so that's my little take on Maelstrom. Do I miss it? Heck yeah, I do. However, they did do pretty good on making sure that they paid homage to the fact that people loved that ride. So they kept the tracks and just changed it into Frozen Ever After. So I guess I'm good with the change. Thanks, Disney. Okay, and although we touched upon it earlier, I just have to talk about it. Let's talk about the poopy... Let's talk about the people mover, shall we? (laughs) Okay, so the people mover... Opened in July of 67, closed in August of 95, which, as we know by now, the rocket rods took over. So, um, and this is just for Disneyland. Obviously, if you still want a taste of the People Mover, go to Disney World. It is finally done being refurbished, and you can ride it right now. Now, it does break down every once in a while, but, um, yeah, you can still go down there with the intention of wanting to ride the People Mover. In California, you're not going to be able to do that. So, as I said, for Rocket Rods, it took three minutes to get through on that ride at 35 miles an hour. 
This took 16 minutes at going seven miles an hour. So that definitely puts it in perspective between how fast that was really going to how fast the people mover tracks were originally used for. So as Dizzy said, you get the grand circle tour of Tomorrowland by going through the people mover. You see the submarines, the lagoon, parts of Autopia. You even go through a few buildings over in Tomorrowland. Um, now, the People Mover was definitely a slower-paced ride. It was one of those, it was actually transportation classified and wasn't technically a ride for a while. Now, I have to say, with some of those older rides, you obviously have a lot of safety issues that happened. And again, there is a reason why Disney always announces, please keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Please and thank you. <laughs> because... There have been issues where people did not listen to that or Disney has not said it and they got sued. And I'm just going to do it again. Trigger warning. Uh, there are some sensitive topics I'm going to talk about. There have been a few incidences, obviously, with the People Mover. Now, um, one month after People Mover opened, they had a 16-year-old who actually jumped in between, got stuck in between two of the cars for People Mover. And while it was passing a tunnel... He got hit, he got stuck, and unfortunately he was drugged until the ride shut down and he was killed. And then um, a few years later, five years later actually, there was a group of teenage girls. One lost their ears and they thought that they could jump into the other cart to go get them. One of them successfully jumped, one of them did not. She fell, broke her arm, her hip, her pelvis. Um, she ended up in a body cast. She actually sued Disney for the lack of... Just safety concerns, safety signage for the ride itself. And then eight years later, there was another tragedy that hit when an 18-year-old jumped again in between two cars. Again, same type of scenario, going into a tunnel. So six years after that, Disney finally retrofitted those cars to have those guardrails to make sure that it was more of a hindrance for people to not just easily jump out of the cars. Now... You may say, uh, why did Disney take so long? And I can't, I can't tell you because it took not just once, not two, but three accidents. And then six years later, they retro, they finished retrofitting the actual rails onto those rides. So it's always tragic whenever you hear any of these Disney incidences. And, um, I have heard a lot in my day. Now, not all of them are true. Some of them are, of, of course, exaggerated, like I was just saying with the buckets, but um, they're all tragic nonetheless, and it's sad to hear whosever fault it is, it's still sad. It's a, it's a family's loss. So um, that aside, I do want to say I do love the people mover, and if you ever do get a chance to sit in the vehicle and ride the ride over in Disney World, do take a chance to do that. It's a great ride to kill time as well as just, you know, get the Grand Circle Tour of Tomorrowland and just let you sit, enjoy the landscape of Magic Kingdom over there. And I do wish, secretly hope, that Disney's able to retrofit the tracks over in Disneyland. Now, like I said, I think it's a far-fetched idea, but it would really be cool if they somehow did, like, a modern take on People Mover. But not, like, stupid modern. Like, legit paying homage to the People Mover. Or even paying homage to Rocket Rods with the People Mover. <gasps> 
Oh, I think I'm onto something there. Okay, well, tell me your thoughts on what you think should be there or shouldn't be there. I'd love to hear all of them. And of course, I'd love to hear any of your Disney stories, incorporate them on any of the shows that I'm going to be doing, the podcast. I love hearing good and bad Disney stories or Disney tidbits that you'd love for me to research. Check out more information on Instagram at Coffee Talk at the Castle. And of course, I'm always here. So direct message me, comment, do whatever, tag me, whatever you need to do to get my attention. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much to tuning into this week's episode of all these rides that used to be over at Disney. And I thank you for your support each week. Can't wait to see you next week. Have a good rest of your day.